Yes, I know I'm not supposed to be here today because it's not Sunday yet, but I came across an interesting conversation over on the internet and I figured that I would come here and give my own much more culturally nuanced understanding of what the topic is. Now, there are some folks out there, as usual, at this time of the year, when we're getting ready to those ember months where people are in wedding fever, you know, everyone wants to get married, um, you know, November, December, towards the end of the year, so that everyone can attend. Those who are out of the country can come back and join in all the fun and the festivities. So we're gradually getting to that time of the year. And wedding conversations currently abound all over the internet. Podcasts, websites, blogs, and what have you. So, there's this whole question about who owns the wedding. Whose wedding is it anyway? Now, there's an idea that seems to be predominant for you um, Yoruba speakers in certain parts of Nigeria. This idea that the wedding pretty much is uh, in the court of the bride's family. So the bride's family is going to handle the white wedding, bear most of the expenses, etc., etc., etc. Now, the truth, however, or I think the best way to approach it is to realize that since we are in a multicultural society here in Nigeria, that uh, it is the local culture and the local norms that will determine uh, who owns what part of the ceremony and how responsibilities are apportioned. So if you guys happen to be Nigerians, but you're getting married abroad because you guys live in Washington, D.C. or whatever, and uh, the whole family is there, or let's say you're part of the TV community in Texas or the Igbo community in Atlanta, then it's understandable if you guys are going to fudge um, some of the customs here and there and change the rules. But for folks getting married here at home, I think it's largely the um, local customs that determine what happens, where, and how. It has, it was uh, customary for me to expect the bride's family to foot my bill as a wedding photographer. Now, that is understandable because I started off my wedding practice in Lagos, and of course, Lagos, lots of Yoruba people there, and plenty of Yoruba customs around. So I was used to the bride's family just footing the bill. But moving to Abuja, I found that it depends. Sometimes you deal with some people, you might have all the discussions with the bride and she decides on everything. But then when the time comes for someone to pick up the check, she says, oh, uh, speak to Mahmoud. Where we come from is the groom's family who pays for these sorts of things. So it's not a given anymore. Now that I'm in Abuja, that the person that is going to pay the bill for the wedding photography and the wedding video services is going to be the bride's family. Now, how do um, cultural practices affect this? You have to take it on a case-by-case basis. And I'll use the experience of patients and I getting married as an example. So we've been married um, eight years so far. Oh yeah, finally confirmed. I know that in earlier episodes I said uh, we've been married for uh, close to 10 years, but it actually is eight, but we dated for four. So we've been together for uh, 12 years, 
12, 13 years. And so that is the reason why it feels like I've been married to her for 10 years, but actually we've only been married for eight. So eight years ago when we were getting married, there was also this thing hanging around in the air that um, the bride's family owns the wedding and that's how it's going to be. But as the plans progressed and negotiations moved on, it turned out that the Ishan culture, the um, Ishan, um, Edo state, and we are Tiv from Benue state, it turns out that the Tiv and the Ishan cultures on this point are remarkably similar. Now, the Tiv point of view is that when it comes to getting married, we go to beg for a wife. And so whatever it is that the bride's family says, we will do because we are the ones going to beg. So if we go to beg for a wife and they say in our culture, we get married on the moon and we wear the color purple, the Tiv outlook is to try and accommodate as much as possible. Try and get as many people to the moon as you can and try to get as much as purple material as you can afford. And where it's going to cause substantial difficulty, you beg um, with the bride's family to make accommodation. So that is kind of the Tiv uh, point of view. We're going to beg for a wife, and so whatever rules they give us, we will comply. That is the Tiv, the Tiv attitude in a nutshell. But like I said, lots of negotiation and begging back and forth whenever there's specific things that might cause... Um, it might cause uh, too much of a challenge uh, to the groom's uh, family. So you plead for accommodation. Now, within that worldview, once you have collected the bride's hand in marriage, the understanding is that the bride is now part of our family and part of our domicile. So other things that happen after that will happen according to the groom's culture. So in other words, for the two people, you go, you beg for the wife, um, the wife is handed over. And then at that point, if you guys decide we don't want to do a church wedding, that's up to you guys. If you will do a church wedding and you want it to be Catholic, it's up to you guys. If you want it to be Methodist, it's up to you guys. If you want the wedding to be in Koza, it's up to you guys because the bride's family has already handed um, the bride over. Now, this is for most clans within a um, Tiv worldview. And so it happens that the Ishan culture is also the same you hand over the bride and then once that's done the rest is up to you guys and it was something that was stressed at our traditional wedding that's patience and i other members of her family even though they knew that a church wedding was in the works it was something that they still stressed now yes we've handed over our daughter treat her like a queen these are our rules do not manhandle her do not beat her you know all those other things uh, don't allow her to eat this and this and this because that is taboo and all the other advice that was given. And then loads of them capped it off that, well, we have done our own bit. We have uh, handed over our daughter. So the rest is up to you. Uh, we would beg that you also um, uh, solemnize uh, this union uh, with a church ceremony because uh, we are all Christians and so we involve God in everything that we do. So that was pretty much um, the advice. So looking at it that way, how it panned out for patients and I was that the traditional, um, the traditional uh, wedding turned out to be um, really born by her own side of the family, and then the white wedding turned to be born by um, 
my own side of the family, the groom's side of the family. So that is um, an example about how the two different um, cultures negotiating and trying to reach um, some compromise, some understanding, how that will determine how costs get apportioned and uh, who is responsible um, for what. So it doesn't help to go about talking about these things like people do all over on the internet by coming up with these blanket rules. I know the bride's family pays for everything or the groom's family pays for everything. Now it's true that in the Western Hemisphere, <clears throat> excuse me, so it's true that in the Western Hemisphere, uh, Americans and Western Europe, um, the bride's family is kind of chief when it comes to determining all these things. Uh, maybe that might be coming universal culture, but in Nigeria, I don't think we've gotten to that stage yet. So for those of you who run wedding blogs and um, what else, wedding podcasts, uh, wedding websites, it doesn't help for you to keep on sowing this confusion and causing all kinds of um, anxieties and pressures, uh, pressure, sorry, pressures, yeah, pressure, where they, um, where they need not be any. So remember that when we're dealing with uh, multicultural societies like ours, these things are culturally nuanced. And so when you're writing your blogs and putting up your podcasts, be sure to reflect that as well so that people go into the wedding planning phase with a, a healthy and a much more realistic um, expectation about how things are going to go. Now, this um, thing I came across on the internet also had a huge dose of that whole, your wedding day is the most important day of your life and it should reflect you alone and your values and not about other people and blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole insular thing. So I have very strong views on how insular I think a wedding um, should be because I think it puts undue pressure on the ceremony and on you, the couple. So that's something that I'll talk about some more in um, future recordings. But for now, if you found Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, you guys are getting ready to walk down the aisle. Please pay no heed to all those uh, uh, commentators over on the internet and in the blogosphere and on podcasts. It's not a simple blanket rule that, oh, you guys are northerners, so the boys' family will pay for everything. Or, oh, you guys are southerners, so um, the girls' family is going to pay for um, everything. It's most likely going to be a multicultural event. Uh, the elders, should I say elders? Not really the elders per se, because, you know, your father's people uh, will meet with um, the patrimony on the other end and all these things will be hashed out. But um, aspects of local um, customs, you know, determine how these things are portioned out. But of course, yes, it's your wedding. These are modern times. So if there are particular things that you guys want uh, cut out or introduced, then be sure to let your people know so that they can accommodate that in the wedding. Uh, for instance, I've noticed some couple who couples who do the garter toss. I find it kind of strange that um, <clears throat> we do. Some couples are doing a garter toss in Nigeria because I think that that's a uniquely um, American uh, custom. But you know, some people want to do it, and uh, if that's what you guys want to do, then yeah, let your folks know, and it will become part of the plan. So. Uh, yeah, that's it for today. So uh, the regular recording will resume on Sunday, except if I come across another thing on Twitter or in a podcast or 
a website or a blog <clears throat> and the thing gets me ticked off and then I have to come up here and then air what I think is a much more correct or a much more helpful point of view. So thank you very much for listening to the So You're Getting Married podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. <clears throat> Remember, please consult with the professionals on all these things. So speak to your elders, family members you respect, your pastors, your priest, your marriage therapist, your sex therapist. Uh, okay, well, in this case, your wedding planner, since we're talking about customs and um and uh, planning the event. So speak to the professionals and um, hopefully the professionals will be able to set you guys right. So thank you very much for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording on Sunday, hopefully.